Welcome back, everybody, to HCOM 200. My name is Daniel Canvario, and today we are discussing what does it mean to be a good person. Today's guest is my cousin, Randy Canelario. Would you like to introduce yourself a little bit? Uh, hi, everyone. Um, mentioned, uh, my name is Randy. Uh, right now, I'm probably currently a third-year student. Uh, kind of have a vast area of a whole bunch of different um, areas of studies. So I'm kind of looking forward over, you know, to this discussion. All right, so starting off, I'm ask, I'm gonna hit you with a good question. What is good, and what does it mean to be a good person? So I mean, okay, so the definition of good kind of varies person to person, because um, I mean everyone's uh, raised to kind of interpret from what is good and what is bad. However, you know, just for the sake of giving an answer. Um, my definition is uh, to put others in, you know, put others' needs in front, you know, in front of yours. Um, yeah. But you know, it's it's kind of difficult to kind of pinpoint an exact definition to good. Like I said, you know, it depends. You know, it's a different interpretation from person to person. Um, but my definition is kind of a little bit more structured on like the value, like a value of an object or an action. Um, yeah. Kind of like, you know, kind of like saying, oh, you know, um, you know, that burger tastes good. Uh, why? Because it just did, you know, it met my, you know, you know, I liked it, period. Now, as far as, you know, like if someone asks like, oh, are your friends, you know, are they, are they good people? I'm like, yeah, they're good people. Now, I mean, I could say like, you know, there's different types of groups as far as, you know, but this is more culture based. This is more religion based. This is more. Um, mm -hmm. structured into, uh, you know, for us believing, because I mean, if you look at, like an example, um, you know, communist China, they pretty much tell you, the government themselves tell them what you can do, and what you can't do. Why? Because that's mm -hmm. a bad thing to do. And what that's a good thing to that's, you know, that's, that's good, that's bad, etc. Yeah. Now, however, here in the States, it's completely different. Um, you know, it's just like you have, if you go through different uh, states, different cities, different counties, and um, all this, you'll end up walking into a huge different environment. And in that environment, they might see, um, you know, your action or the way you speak or the, you know, your vocabulary itself as offensive, you know. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, to kind of close it off, I mean, um, I mean, you know, you know, like I said, it kind of varies from person to person. So I'm kind of just stuck on that. So like to I would you say like, uh, where can we draw the line and like to title or like say, oh, that person's good. Like we can we can have like a, for example, like, you know, shut off the dome. Like what is the man's what if the um, a man's family is starving and has to like break the law to get some food? Like he's been asking for help and no one's like been asked. Uh, been willing to help him right so is he is he considered good or bad because the good action is that he's trying to provide for his family but the bad is he's breaking the law right yeah so where should we stand at, at that certain point right because in the states it's way different right there's always like 
programs where you can find help, right? Yeah. Yeah. But in other different countries, like third world countries, they might not have have that. So, are would they still be considered a good a good person or a bad person? Okay. Yeah. So I mean, kind of avoiding as far as you know, saying like the whole interpretation goes. I'm just gonna go ahead and stick to mine. Um, of course, there's gonna be arguments to what I'm gonna say. However, um, as, as you know, for the sake of the discussion, I'll stick to the states and I'll avoid other countries as far as their interpretation goes. But as far as your scenario goes, um, you know, the man's doing is for the good. However, there's always going to be some sort of conflict, you know, at the end. Yes, he's breaking the law, but there's just more to it. The business itself. You know, employees take damage, the owner of the company, especially if it's a small business, right? There's always going to be some sort of repercussion. So in the matter of on how things are nowadays is everything revolves over um, the news. So if you go into the news, you know, you know, uh, an example, if you go through Instagram, you know, a lot of people mm -hmm. get their news from Instagram, TikTok nowadays, social media, it's everywhere. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they'll say, oh, my gosh, you know, this person just got beat up because of this and this and that but they don't mm -hmm. know the story behind it. Now, I'm not saying, you know, whatever, you know, you know, what's being provided is a wrongdoing, right? I was like, oh, okay, you know, that's wrong. And others might say, mm -hmm. it's good. But in this situation, it's like, they're showing the fact that this man is doing something good to help out his family. So he shouldn't be going mm -hmm. to jail. However, like what you mentioned, okay. here in the States, there are numerous programs that help assistance like that. I'm not saying that our system is going to be perfect, that, you know, he's going to get all the help that he, you know, that he needs because, I mean, nothing's easy. It's, you know, there's no shortcuts. However, as far as um, the, uh, our moral identity, you know, how we define ourselves is he tries to keep himself as, you know, being a good father. So that's his, that's, you know, that's his identity at that and during that scenario. Mm -hmm. So that's why he's being, yeah, that's why he's deciding to steal. So, I mean, if as far as anyone else goes, you know, if no one noticed and no one ever heard about his backstory, why he's stealing and people just said, why is he stealing? Like, he's just stealing, you know, that's wrong. He shouldn't be stealing. Mm -hmm. At that point, you know, as far as, you know, someone else's and how he gets defined as is completely different from what he believes in. Um, yeah, so, like, uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you, if you don't remember, uh, this case uh, it happened in the states. Uh, I think it was it was a young woman. I think uh, she was getting pros prostituted, right? Prosecuted and prostituted, prostituted. And, yeah, and um, I think she she finally was able to escape her abuser, right? Um, the person that was making her prostitute, right? Yeah. Uh, she killed them, but she was sentenced to uh, like a big uh, uh, what was it called for a, you know behind bars. She was sentenced for a long time. And people were trying to justify that that she was just trying to like she was protecting herself, right? Um, but uh, people said like, oh, uh, she shouldn't have uh, killed them. She should just gone to the um police, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm just trying to see what line we can like draw in order. Like, is it okay to take another person's life to um to like free yourself? right mm -hmm. or is there a way to overcome that right yeah because that that woman was you know she was abused and all this right just yeah. in a very horrible environment yeah right 
Yeah. So pretty much like kind of going back on how every, you know, uh, I mean, every country structured differently. And of course they have um, their way of defining what's good and bad. You know, it's like, um, but in this certain situation, there's laws behind it. And that's why the government made them is to prevent anyone from doing, you know, going crazy, doing what there's, you know, they shouldn't have been doing because that's just how they define it. Now, we mm-hmm. grew up because of that we decided to grow up in the in the idea of you know killing is completely bad right and yeah all this so um uh, and her do and and her in her point of view the fact that she went through all this her actual moral identity like what i said earlier is completely um you know uh, it, it's it's not real at all it's like it's just it's non-existent in her sense because this guy this man already already gave her an identity prostitute as you know as a a sex slave etc and since at that point she had no sense of what's good and bad because she's already given who she was so the fact that she escaped she already knew and as far as her torment and as far as what she you know what she's feeling of course she's going to react and do this now, as far as the government goes, they're not going to have the same amount of feeling and ideas, you know, okay, of course, of what she's feeling and thinking. Um, the first thing that they're going to go for is, you know, what's on the cover, what's on the book cover, whatever. So they're like, okay, we understand that she was captured. However, she should have gone to us to do this. But there's also there's also been incidents where everything just doesn't go to, you know, in favor of the victim because apparently there's not enough, uh, you know, what's it called, um, evidence. And even so, yeah. the per- the victim itself thinks that the punishment should be a lot higher, a lot worse than what the actual uh, court and the gi- giving, you know, that mm-hmm. person that caused it. So, I mean, to kind of, you know, you know kind of give a lot, you know, much more different point of view, um, what should I call it? Um, yeah, it's kind of difficult to kind of point out. Of, uh, mm-hmm. You know, in her sense, like I said, it's that was probably her best option. That was the that was a good thing to do because she was afraid that in case she didn't get, you know, you know, incarcerated or you know, doing anything, and he managed to get let go free or be proven non guilty, he'll continue to do this mm-hmm. or at least find her and kill her and do all this. Mm-hmm. So she found more harm in the doing of, you know, yeah, of, you know, yeah, exactly, of following the actual law, the structural law that's supposed to be, be I guess, not flawed enough, uh, exact, well, not flaw at all uh, in the area of so, like, everything's good. Like the law is there to, the law is there to tell us this is how it should be done, period. So in that mm-hmm. sense, it's like, that's good. So every law, if you break the law, you're considered a bad person, right? In mm-hmm. some cases, it's yeah. not. But, you know, that's just my point of view. So uh, it all comes down to, like, a state of morale at the end, right? Yeah. So uh, I want to say that from a religion point of view, right, they they teach or they, or they preach about um, being good to one another, right? Mm-hmm. But um, they don't always end up showing that, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, Needleman, right? 
uh, he states that if you're able to see that you're not doing good, there's an opportunity to be good, mm-hmm. right? Do you think, is that like a statement you can stand by? Uh, can you repeat this statement one more time? Um, if you are able to see that you're not doing good, there's an opportunity to be good. So it's basically talking about being aware that if you know you did wrong, there's an opportunity that you can replace that bad into good. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I stand by that statement, particularly because, you know, I've been kind of proving it, you know, more identity, you know, it's, and it, it kind of what moral identity does as far as, you know, the bigger picture, it kind of gives us mm-hmm. an attachment to, you know, as far as self-growing, growing up, you know, to be a better person. And as far as, and as plastic as and that thing is, you know, very vulnerable to be, uh, you know, broken down into, um, it's all, it's, it's all through, you know, person to person of what that person defines as good okay so they could say like okay um i uh i helped out this homeless man i gave him money okay now someone Mm -hmm. else might end up coming in and saying well that's not good enough you should have given him money and taken him out to dinner or buy him lunch or give him an opportunity to better you know uh you know you know like offer him a job or give him tips or give him you know all this and guidance you know so mm-hmm. at that point the person that gave him the money now stands in the view of like okay now i understand now i feel like a shitty person because giving money was not good enough right so maybe mm-hmm. the next time they might help out you know someone else you know with you know like the exact same way the other guy did or maybe they might replace that yeah. deed with something else it's like okay so on the way you know right shortly afterwards he goes to work and then instead of you know he's instead of like normally his his daily routine of just you know like uh oh yeah you know don't worry ma'am i'll help you out with you know with these heavy waters whatever you know putting into your car etc you know maybe this time he'll be like okay don't worry i'll help you shop for the water and actually help set it up so he adds an additional good deed on top of that to kind of replace that the emptiness and actually help grow them out and that actually that not only i mean that's that's pretty much how daily lives how that's how every parent decides to grow up you know kind of raise their kids um mm-hmm. you know saying okay this is good this is bad whatever you know they have their own teachings but even as far as religion goes too you know parents has their own point of view that's because yeah they had they had they've been introduced religion into their lives but also through um they're they're growing you know their inner growing that they have you know they yeah. slowly started you know you know um i guess adapt so i want to add to what you're saying uh so uh it's like a state of denial right so like if people refuse to you know be aware of their addiction or the problems it's denial right yeah so uh uh needle man stresses about the human condi- condition right um the need for awareness um, for growth of consciousness, right? So um, it's not just any like regular awareness, like, oh yeah, I'm doing something wrong. It's like humans must first see themselves for what they are. In order to do this, they need to be like able to see and observe and see themselves, right? Like actually able to connect with themselves and, and realize 
oh, what am what am I actually doing, right? Yeah. And it's like uh, it's like it's like a separation from ordinary consciousness, consciousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this this separation is like a beginning of freedom. So once we find that freedom, uh, like it just comes goodness from it, right? Because we're able uh, to predict from good and bad. Yeah, you're able to. Um, yeah, exactly. And through that, it's it's only through true goodness, right? Mm-hmm. Just inner growth, which yeah. everyone um, needs in like a point of life, mm-hmm. right? It's like so. Uh, it's like staring into a mirror and isn't like saying to yourself, "Do you do you like what you see?" Exactly. Type of exactly. Thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, as humans, we we're always going to be evolving, and um, but when it comes to a good person, right? We gotta really tell ourselves, like, are we? Are we actually a good person, right? Mm-hmm. We have to um, understand what we're actually doing with our life. If our lives uh, bring hope or happiness to someone, right? Mm-hmm. It can be the smallest actions, like smiling at someone and stuff like that. It it just comes down uh, on self reflection. Yeah. So um, I like to say. Uh, um, Dr. Provost says something in his slide is, uh, it is one thing to say the words, I forgive you, and another thing to let go of resentment and anger. This is one reason why people who have forgiven keep bringing up the past to other whom they feel they have forgiven. The wish to forgive might be there, but not the ability to actually do so. So from the good and bad, right? Like, where? So in what conclusion can we say is the best way to forgive someone? If if we 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 think we forgave them, but that anger is still there, right? Yeah. So what would be the best way to forgive someone? So and you know when it comes to that, uh, you know yeah you could say you forgive someone, but consciously did you know or even un- uh, unconsciously you'll be you know that that feeling of of the pain that this other person or the, as far as how they offended you is always going to be there um you know uh this is by this is not you know not including like the type of you know mental illnesses to the point to where you completely forget everything and you become you know insane and all this stuff but um uh what should i call it yeah but that scenario will always going to be there and even if even if you do truly say that you've you know gone through it if a certain scenario Mm -hmm. kind of uh, you know, rises up with a different person, different situation, and all this. And if that same feeling and that same train of thought pops up, then, as far as as that idea goes, then you have never forgiven the previous actions from a different person has, and how they made you feel, the way you're feeling at that that during that situation. So mm-hmm. yeah, so I mean, you could go. Yeah, it's just exactly what he said. You know. You could keep on saying "I forgive you," but uh, letting go as that resentment and anger is, yeah, it'll it's gonna be absent, but it could always just return in a different form, in a different situation, in a different. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't stick to the person. It sticks to the idea, to the um, empathetic value of 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 how. You know, um, 
you know, between the person, you know, there's, there's a level, there's a line right there, but that line, Mm -hmm. of course, it's going to be different for different, you know, from person to person, you know? Um, Yeah. Do you think like, it's like a type of ego, right? Like, yeah. So um, it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's in the line of ego. um, But then, you know, there's also, I mean, yeah, that's, that's just, they just keep it at that as it does. Yeah, so uh, so like when it comes to ego and true self, like a lot of people think they're too good to forgive, right? That they should receive that apology. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to that, like um, um, like an ego, for example, is uh, a child is is taught to say thank you, right? Mm-hmm. Even even when they are not actually thankful, like a little kid, right? Like a two year old, they're like, oh yeah, go go ahead and say thank you for you know the gift right yeah. but in reality they don't like the gift right mm-hmm. we're all guilty of that like our parents are like oh go ahead like just say thank you and we're like oh okay i guess yeah <laughs> but um, at that point um we learn to lie right um it's like deceiving and like like the parents are kind of like deceiving the child right and um all of this represents the growth of human ego so my question is that from us learning that manipulation, right? Like us being, um, let's say. Uh, so, uh, so like what you're uh, saying is, can we like grow outside uh, the, uh, like the structure plan of how our parents decided to uh, yeah, raise us? Exactly. Um, yeah, are we able to like break that man- manipulation or does it just grow out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Or do we just grow out of it? Well, in a sense, you know, as far as everything goes, you know, you're always going to grow out of it. But, you know, that seed from how from what they planted, you know, to, you know, kind of grow the foundation of who you should be as a, you know, as a person is always going to be there. You know, you're just going to keep branching out and branching out into different scenarios. And, you know, of course, you know, you'll be, you know, dropping seeds everywhere and growing other trees and et cetera, et cetera. You know, you kind of adapt to other people you're going to keep on growing and all this stuff now kind of mm-hmm. back to the whole example like what you said about you know you know saying thank you and not actually being thankful of course as a child um, you know at from the very start you know they, you, you're told certain stuff and you you would never understand the actual meaning of it and they all say thank you like why I'm like well just say thank you because that's just what you say you know after someone give you you know gives you a gift or does you know a good deed or you know helps you out or any sort of way that's just something you mm-hmm. do i'm like okay thank you and then slowly slowly after repetition they grow into um you know into that pattern and you know idea of you know that thank you is a good thing right mm-hmm. now as far as you know you know being you know the word thank you being a good thing that kind of uh, you know, it, it depends also on the scenario from, you know, when someone uses it, you know, it's like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you know, uh, let's say, you know, someone's trying to mug you, right? And, you know, someone else comes in the way and then stops the mugging happening. Of course, you know, thank you. Right, that's one thing. Now, re- now, yeah, now reverse as far as <laughs> roles go, let's say you're mugging someone else, right? And then Dude. you're the one that gets... 
stabbed or whatever because you know you get confronted someone else helps that person and they person you know yeah. they think each other and now you're on the wrong go doing and now you perceive as that thank you as a bad deed because of what they did to them because you know you're doing the mugging yeah. for a reason right you know maybe you're back to you know the mm-hmm. man trying to help a family you're mugging to get money for your family exactly so you know this branches out to a whole bunch of different things but back to your question as far as growing out of your parents uh you know i guess manipulation in a way from you know what it's a good person how a person should be growing how you should grow um that would always change you know of course you know if you go centuries ago you know parents raise their kids differently now in this century parents are raising their kids a whole different way so i'm saying you know it's like it's a whole like you think it's like a way of like a parent culture right or if it's society so loving yeah so i'm i'm more on the line of far as cultures goes because i mean yes there's a culture when it comes to you know ethnicity race and etc etc and now there's also Mm -hmm. another culture as far as your home then there's your school and then there's subculture when it comes to clubs your groups of friends and uh what you Mm -hmm. like you know you go ahead and like soccer and then you have a different culture in soccer and and you know all this you know it kind of branches out so yeah culture does you know is involved with everything you know as far as goes but there's also a certain philosophy to you know to a certain culture too you know Mm -hmm. so it's as far as growing out of it you know your parents you know how they want you to grow up is always going to change and it's never going to be constant you know even if they teach you how to grow up this certain way they're still changing so at some point maybe you know oh you know you should stop going out so much you know as you know as young it's, it's a dangerous world now when you grow up and you're spending all the time indoors you can say oh why don't you go out now their whole mm-hmm. ideology when it comes to that changes so that's constantly going to keep on changing as they grow and as far as you go and you're also going to be learning from everyone else of course around you so yeah. yeah so that's that's a given so you're always going to grow out of it but as far as the structure goes you're always going to have a definition of from what interpretation from what your parents taught you it's like okay this is good mm-hmm. okay you're always going to know that's good but it's now but it's your decision to accept you know that if you choose to accept that certain definition of what good is mm-hmm. then so be it that's your definition now you're stuck with it but that could always mm-hmm. change you know it's 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 all up to you know mm-hmm. you know like i said person to person mm-hmm. so like when it comes to ego um is it connected with confidence because like <clears throat> like where does the confidence come from like for me especially like i lack a, i lack a lot of confidence in like certain things right yeah but uh when I play sports, like, my ego comes out, like, I'm, like, I'm the best, you know, like, oh, yeah. they can't, you know, I'm better than them, blah, blah, blah. But, like, yeah. I also feel like that's part of my confidence. Yeah. Like, if if I think the team is better than me or better than, like, uh, you know, they're number one in the state, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like, and I believe that that they're going to be better than us. My ego and my confidence just goes out the window. I just feel, like, a bit more insecure, like, more, a little bit more timid. And like, just don't, just I'm not fully a hundred on the field, right? Yeah. Because I just have that constant like, uh, fear or 
you know, uh, uh, was it insecurity in my head? Yeah. Telling me like, oh, like, you know, the better than us, we don't have no chance. Why, we, why are we even playing? You know? Yeah. So where does the, where does confidence, uh, come from? Like, is it, it, is it like all together with ego or is it completely separate? Um, well, they kind of go hand in hand. They have similarities, but I like to kind of separate them a little bit. Um, mm. Just go back to the given, like, you know, like your example, like, okay, you know, we're going against this team. They're number one in the state, you know, that state. And you realize, okay, you know, you know, I played soccer these past season. It's always been difficult, but this team is a lot better. Yeah. But that, but also remember too, is the fact that the way you you were I guess manipulated to think that number one means it's always going to be the best. Now, however, there's also going to be situations where the number one, you know, there's this word called luck, and there's also this mm-hmm. other word of as far as you know, and that's and a lot of people's egos come into play. You know, at the very start of the season, it could be far fairly low. Like, oh, you know, it's, it's like, like I know, I know, I know, I'm hella good, but last season it's just I wasn't sure. Uh, you know, I you know my skill wasn't good enough so now i know that i'm not that great so now that goes down mm-hmm. and then so and then at that point even during your training and then you're trying to boost that up your confidence level isn't just up there anymore too so now that starts to drop so now your so whole like, personality just kind of changes at that point now you're starting to feel more insecure and in, in everything in that way so social media and all this stuff influences as far as ego goes confidence wise it, that all has to do as far as how on how you interpret of what you know the good and the bad the wrong and the right as far as when you're younger so mm-hmm. that's I, I think that's uh the middle line right there so they kind of do share you know there's some similarity mm-hmm. there's connections but in their own way they're still different yeah, I agree, agree. Like, uh, like an ego, right? Like you said, uh, like having a bad season. Like, that kind of goes out the way. And, like, that strike, that, sh- that strive for hunger and trying to be the best, like, just activates, right? You're just more disciplined, more focused, and just trying to reach those limits, right? Like, every professional always is always constantly reaching those limits, right? Yeah. There's always there's always gonna be a bigger fish in the sea, right? Yeah. Always. Um now this brings us to our last uh thing, uh what Needleman teaches, right? It's this uh it's, it's our development of attention, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people have very short attention spam or whatever, like uh you know, um like was it was that called O C D, right? O C D, right? Or no? uh the adhd right adhd yeah, adhd people with OCD. i mean even with people with ocd but um you know the, you know the list goes on yeah like uh you know a lot of people when they're listening to lecture you know they're always just gonna grab like a percentage or like one third of that lecture right and they're never gonna remember it and um so uh so Needleman describes a certain quality of consciousness that he says that he re- like see, we can recognize like a certain taste in a way, mm-hmm. you know. It's like 
It's an open intention that invites and allows a person to receive the true, the good, and the beautiful. So um, when I was watching um, Needleman's uh, lecture, right, he uh, he says something very interesting about, uh, like, when you're, like, you can be annoyed or angry, right? And you're just, like, going off and, like, just 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 keep rambling, being angry, annoyed, and you know, jo- yeah. just showing, like, deep emotion, right? Yeah, you become defensive. And, and yeah, yeah. But once you're going off, like, in your mind, just just say, oh, I'm mad, or I am annoyed, right? Yeah. And one of the, uh, one of, uh, what was it? His uh, Needleman students uh, did this, uh, you know, project or, you know, she tried it and she was going off on this, uh, this uh, clerk on uh, having her like uh, clothes like ready, right? Did she want to go pick it up? And they're like, oh, they're not ready yet. And she started like going off on the, on the person. And then she came into conscious and says like, oh, I'm angry. So she was able to like, kind of like separate conscious right she was aware that like there's two people right like you know she described it like as two people like a person just there right just watching mm-hmm. the angry side of her just being mad at this person but she didn't understand why right like yeah. why so uh it's just a sense that of awareness and paying attention and hearing she was hearing herself right at that point yeah mm-hmm. And it's just very interesting topic on how uh, attention can go a long way. Yeah. Yeah. Anything you say about uh, about the well, tension or consciousness? Um. Well, I mean, kind of like I said earlier before. There's also a subconscious. You know, the lack of consciousness. There's also a subconscious where you continuously just keep rambling on. One and that one, and and you know and you know, and in a certain aspect, um, you actually mean what you mean, but you have to self-control mm-hmm. because consciously, you know what you're saying is wrong, right? Or it's bad, or mm-hmm. you shouldn't be saying it. So that's that's when that self-control c- kicks in. So you you you're very picky on how you say it, on what and what you say and how you say it. Um, so as far as that, that's a, that's one thing that a lot of um, from when I uh, started getting into psychology and reading all these uh, papers, um, what was interesting is one of my classmates, um, she was really, she was looking into the whole subconscious uh, aspect of a human mind as far as when it comes, you know, going from in and out um, from, uh, you know, in, in, in terms, you know, daydreams. Now, now these daydreams, mm-hmm. as far as share some sort of connection to um you know creating these weird scenarios in our head as far as you know like you wouldn't be talking to someone you space out and when you come back i don't know where you say oh okay wait sorry what's well, what happened exactly so mm-hmm. at that point subconsciously you knew what was going on consciously you just um you knew what to say you didn't say like oh you know you know you 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 decided not to say the word oh yeah sorry I was daydreaming I was I was ignoring you no you say oh sorry what'd you say or uh yeah and then you or sometimes you just say this you know you try to be funny like oh ha ha, ha you you know you laugh you know kind of give that 
uh, idea of like, oh yeah, you were listening exactly. Um, but it's kind of it's it's a tricky area, um, you know, philosophically. Uh, yeah, you know how you know you know the saying like you know you know like oh I could almost taste it oh you know it's on the tip of my tongue like when you forget something you know it's there it's just you just can't you can't think of it because sometimes our minds are trained to think that certain things should just shouldn't be said that subconsciously it's it's there waiting to come out but Mm -hmm. it's there's just something holding on to it um you know i'm not you know i'm not i don't have a phd i don't have all these research doing on and all this stuff but as far as my my point of view stands is there's just there's there's this one there's an area in our brain to the point to where our subconscious and 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 our our conscious thoughts lie within and at that little point and that part creates a void in our minds and then that void mm-hmm. everything is a no-go like it just does not exist it exists but it's just it's just not it's it's a weird type of it's a weird thought but that's mm-hmm. that, that's one of the thoughts and that's that not only i am but multiple classmates kind of came up with and you know, mm-hmm. you know i i'm not here researching it so i have no evidence to back it up but i just believe there's just an idea there kind of um but i'll just leave it yeah, like i, I want to close this um podcast with saying like something what needleman said like uh you know philosopher he's he you're always going to question something right yeah and but you will never find an answer right right away but there's always going to be an answer to that question Mm -hmm. all right guys thank you for joining us in our podcast you want to say anything else randy uh no i think that should do it thank you all right it was a pleasure having you today and come back next week guys yeah